0: We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement and remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Megan Francis here with Sarah Powers. Hi, Sarah. Hi,
1: Megan. How are you?
0: Well, I'm good and I'm feeling a little reflective because today we're doing, I don't know, I guess a bit of a retrospective of the past two years. Um, we're a little bit past the two-year point since I would say most people in the United States and Canada really started to feel the effects of um, the pandemic being in, in our hemisphere, yeah. <laughs> I guess I would say. And um, I know it was different all over the world, but we can we can speak to North America. And I think that like just about two years ago and like a little bit of change was when things really got real around here. Mm -hmm. And man, there's some big changes and some of them we've just gotten used to by this point.
1: Yeah, it is really, I think we're like loosely referring to this episode as like a time warp or mind warp or something. And we'll probably, we'll probably refine that title, but I find myself going back and forth with like, oh my gosh, so much has changed in the last two years. And then almost second guessing, like well, maybe did everything just change like in the first six months? And then it's been like new normal, like new normal for the last year and a half. But it really hasn't. There have been variants. There have been swings. There have been times when it felt like we went backward and then leaped forward. So I'm looking forward to this today. Um, I think it's like it brings up a lot of different feelings. But I guess that's what we try to do on the podcast is show you all where, where we are, what we're thinking about something. And then, I don't know, you can tell us if you relate or totally don't.
0: Yeah, and this being one of our Sunday More Than Mom episodes, we're really going to be talking more about our experience of um, the pandemic. But of course, it affected our families in huge ways. I'm sure we'll mention that as well. But it's a little more like, you know, what are the things we remember? Do we even remember them accurately? Um, Mm -hmm. I know that can be a huge, you know, we, we joke about the, you know, time having no meaning and how a month is a year and a year is a day, like in pandemic times. I know just you and I have had a really hard time remembering, honestly, when did things happen? Like, what point was it when we all were wearing masks? And at what point was it that school canceled and everybody was hybrid for a while? It really sometimes is hard looking back over a two-year period to really remember how things were. And I think that's like a big shared experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I've got a fun little quiz for you later, later, Sarah, to test some of your memory around some of those things that I think is going to be really fun. Oh, like recently I was... um, I was reading somewhere that Michigan restaurants were closed to in-person dining for a full 75 days. I had completely forgotten that. Like in my mind, it was like a month or two. And then in my mind, it slowly opened back up, but people were super cautious. Mm -hmm. And it was actually like 75 days before they could open up at all. And I think it was like 25% capacity or so for a long Mm -hmm. time. So things really took quite some time to get back to whatever we would call normal now. (laughs)
1: And some things took longer and in some places it took longer. And I live in California where, you know, among the strict strictest, especially in regulating businesses. um, So things like gyms and hair salons, I mean, they barely opened for a hot second at some point and then they shut right back down again. And yeah, it's pretty crazy.
0: Michigan was also quite strict. But then we heard from um, in the pandemic babies uh, series, we heard from our contributor Stacey in Montana shared that really things hadn't changed that much for her because of the nature of where she lived. Very rural. And so Mm -hmm. she almost felt left out of the shared experience of like everyone else talking about what the pandemic was like. So I think it'll be really interesting and we're going to try to keep it pretty light. We know that these are things that have big feelings associated with them and we delved into those feelings, I think, um, in a big way with those recent pandemic babies episodes. So we're going to try to just kind of keep this one more like Oh Yeah, like a time warp, like a memory test. Like, what do we remember? Or do we remember it accurately? What do we see in the future as we're, you know, not coming out of the pandemic, but learning to live with it in a new way? And definitely some of the, um, you know, the bigness of that mm-hmm. early pandemic life has eased. And now here's what we've got going forward, right?
1: Yeah, I'm excited about this.
0: So, Sarah, question for you just to get started. Do you remember where you were when you found out school was going to be closing? going back to 2020.
1: Yes. I mean, I do. I'm going to answer it. And I, cause I can't remember if the, the announcement was that school was closing, but I'll tell you the moment I remember and it's related. I was supposed to go to a meeting. I was serving on a school site council committee, which is different than PTA. And it's also different from school board. But if you've been involved with school site council is another like way to get involved. And I had just accepted the opportunity to serve on site council. And I was excited about it. I think we had had one meeting the second meeting was coming up and that meeting got canceled and it, the, the cancellation was very cryptic. And of course I was watching the news. So I knew other things that were going on and it was like a few hours before and I was supposed to come to campus. And the, the email we got was that the principal and, you know, executive team members or whatever needed to address more urgent issues. So the site council meeting was canceled and I knew that the issues they were going to be discussing in lieu of site council right. stuff was whether we would be in school the following day. And then we actually had that Friday, the 13th, uh, March 13th was a in-service day, a teacher in-service or some kind of day off anyway. So that Thursday afternoon, I didn't go to the site council meeting. I went to get my kids in the pickup line and I knew we had Friday off anyway. And I was just waiting for the email. Like I knew that we wouldn't be at school the following week.
0: How about you? Yeah. Um, well that, yes, I do remember it. It was the, here we found out on the 12th and I kind of feel like that was sort of the same day for yeah, that, almost everybody. The day i were like, talking about yeah. was
1: also the 12th. Yeah.
0: Yep. So I was supposed to speak, um, at church that weekend. Um, it was like a, like a re- rehearsed prepared because this, this, that's how this church rolls. It's like a presentation, like mm-hmm. with, you know, written slides and graphics and everything. And so I had been Running my script back and forth with the lead speaker there, and um, was just like, oh, this is going to be you know interesting. And then I heard I got a text from the guy who runs like the all of the technology and stuff saying it's probably not going to happen because it was in the school auditorium, the high school mm-hmm. auditorium. And he said they're closing the auditorium to outside people. And I thought, okay. And that was Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And then like Wednesday night, I think they must mm-hmm. have had an emergency school board meeting or something. And then Thursday night. I was out on a not date with Eric. I think it was my second, like, we're going out, but we're not dating yeah. thing. Um, and we were sitting at a bar and over my shoulder on the news, our governor was, like, basically saying all the schools had to close. Mm-hmm. And so now my mind starts racing because the next day was Claire's 11th birthday. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, no, I've made her brownies can I bring brownies to school? And I just remember getting home and like emailing her teacher really late at night and saying, I have brownies. Is it OK to send them? And she's like, "Um, yeah, I guess we'll just like not. It was so funny to me because I thought there's no way they're going to be sharing food. Right. But she said, I'll just make sure she doesn't take any to the other classrooms. <laughs> and I was like, cool, solved. <laughs> you know, we knew but nothing. I, That's what we have to keep remembering. Like we knew nothing. I know. Yeah. We were all like, even the, even those of us who were pretty informed were still so dumb about everything. And Literally, so
1: the scientists didn't know everything <laughs> yeah, yet. Right. I mean, the scientists never know everything, but you know what I mean? Right. Like,
0: yeah, I know. So I was just like, oh, okay, cool. that she can yeah. read the brownies and she'll only share her germs with just her own classmates. But you know, we knew it was like the last day. I had this weird inkling that maybe that would be her last day in, in person. It's just, you know, of, of elementary school and just, yeah. It's very momentous that it was on her birthday. Yes. Um, It was fifth grade. It was her last day of elementary school ever. It's just so crazy to me. So anyway, yes. I have
1: to jump in. That is the difference for those who had school-aged kids and, and are following along in this timeline. The difference from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday of March 11th to 12th to 13th I, I just mentioned that our Friday, that 13th, we had a teacher in-service day anyway, so I never sent my kids to school really knowing that it would be their last day, but you did. That's how much yeah. like the collective, but I did pick them up on Thursday knowing we already didn't have school on Friday thinking, yeah. I bet we're not going back. So it's just so funny in that 24 to 48 hour, 36, whatever period, things were unfolding very quickly, but also very same, same. And a lot of, I mean, you Mm -hmm. and I are a hundred States away from each other and it's that very same Wednesday, Thursday, Friday timeline.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. So related question, do you remember like your last outing or like the last thing you did before you could no longer do things anymore? And, and I do mine was on the Monday after March 13th. So that would have made it what the 16th 14th. Yeah. 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 It was March 16th, sometime between the announcement that schools are going to close, which happened on the 12th and that Monday, they announced that restaurants were going to have to close to in-person. And I don't really remember anything else about like when that rolled out, probably Friday because it felt like dominoes falling at that point. Mm-hmm. And so I went to my little corner bar restaurant um, and friends with the owner at like two o'clock in the afternoon on the 16th because they had an order to shut down at three. Mm -hmm. And it was me and maybe two other people. And we were all sitting like six feet apart. So it was like one was at one corner. One was in the middle. I was at the very other end. And then there was the owner. And we all had like snacks and just talked. And it was very strange. Like Mm -hmm. everybody was stunned. That's the only word I can really Mm -hmm. use to describe it. We were all stunned. And we're joking like, what will happen if we don't close at three? Like... Will they come get us? Like, what would happen? And I actually left at three because I had to um, run home. And I, was, and I was like, also didn't really want to be like flagrantly disobeying the law. Right. <laughs> but I did later talk to Amy, the owner, and she's like, yeah, we kind of hung around till four. <laughs> I was like, I mean, how crazy that that's something you would even be thinking about. It so is. it was very strange. How about you? Did you so do you remember your last like outing? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember two that are Wednesday afternoon, the 11th, and then Thursday morning, the 12th. And neither are like social outings, So I, it's not like I went out to a party or a restaurant, but Violet had hip hop on Wednesday afternoons. And I was at the dance studio and I saw Katie, remember Katie, who used to come on the podcast and yeah. write for us. And she's still doing great things on Instagram. We'll link her up. Um, but Katie's daughter was there in a dance class, too, because Katie and I used to be local to each other. And I remember standing in the in the, the waiting room of the dance studio was Probably the same amount of crowded, but I was just starting to like have an awareness of crowded indoor spaces and there was more hand sanitizer, but all the kids were in their dance class. And I remember talking to Katie and comparing notes because she had kids in preschool and I had kids in elementary school and and just kind of like I took a selfie. I went in the bathroom to go to the bathroom and for some reason I took a selfie in the full-length mirror and I don't know why, except I must have known this might be the last day that you're like out, like in the crowded waiting room of a kid's dance studio. Yeah. And I have a selfie of, I could throw it in the show notes. It's unremarkable, except it's that Wednesday that the 11th in the afternoon. And then Thursday morning, I went to Trader Joe's and I will never in my life forget that Trader Joe's trip because everyone was so weird. The checkers were, were <laughs> so weird. And Trader Joe's is not the kind of place where, for example, like Clorox wipes and toilet paper was off the shelves because that's not really the kind of store Trader Joe's is. They don't keep large amounts of stock and they don't have a ton of household products. So it wasn't weird in that way. It was weird because all the workers were really serious and Trader Joe's workers are notorious for being super friendly. They're high fiving. They're joking with yeah. each other. The culture of a Trader Joe's is like a very happy place. And I just remember no one was talking at all. Um, the the workers looked worried. They looked scared. And yeah. that was when it felt like, oh, OK. And so that was Thursday morning. And then as I described, then Thursday afternoon, I had a meeting canceled and then everything from there. I don't think I did anything after Thursday afternoon, the 12th. I think even by Friday, we were just at home. So
0: it's it's funny that you mentioned that photo because I was playing around on my phone the other day and found a photo or maybe it was on Google Photos and found a photo from that meal I just described. Uh-huh. It's not a very good photo. Like, I think it was some um, chicken. I don't know, like (laughs) some kind of chicken strip situation. And I think I was just thinking like, this is I'm documenting my last meal out, which is crazy. And then I also remembered as you were talking that over the weekend, um, I clearly remember having my brother and Jenna and their family to my house on the weekend and us all talking about it and how like we would we would just all keep hanging out together because the kids wouldn't have anybody to, you know, hang out with otherwise, blah, blah, blah. And then within like three days after that, we're like, well, I guess we're not going to do that because right. we're not supposed to do it. So even yeah. within a couple more days, I lost yes. access to my family like that. Agreed. And it happened so fast. I so remember fast. That, like
1: conversations with neighbors and stuff, too. Like, OK, well, school's closed. So I guess the neighbor kids will all just run around like a pack. And then within a couple of days within like you said, within a couple of days, it was like, well, I, I don't know oh, that we're supposed happening. to do that either. Right? Anyway, yeah. yeah. But I have a feeling after those 30 days, our listeners will love their Vionic shoes so much they'll be ready to order another pair.
0: Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor Haya is back on the show today, and I just really love this company. Typical children's vitamins are basically candy in disguise. They're filled with two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk most parents don't really want their growing kids eating. That's why Haya, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered chewable vitamin, was created.
1: That's right, Megan. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern kids' diets to provide the full-body nourishment they need. And Haya vitamins have a yummy taste kids love, too. So we were just talking to Katie on our team, Megan, and she was saying that when they get down toward the bottom of the Haya vitamin bottle, her boys are fighting over who gets the last one.
0: Oh, I love it. And I also love that Katie can feel good about that, right? Haya is designed for kids of all ages and sent straight to your door. So parents never need to worry about running out. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H dot com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, so Sarah, we are going to kick this off with a little quiz for you. And I will say because of like, at first I had these grandiose ideas that I was going to try to like look up stuff in your county and find out what the timelines were in your county to see if your memory was accurate. But that got very complicated, especially because you moved.
1: I did. I was a in Orange County in. at the time yeah. of the shutdown, and then I yep. yeah, by July I was in Santa Barbara County. Yeah.
0: Well, and I also thought it might be more fun to talk about things that were more universal. Okay. So um, all of the questions I'm going to ask you were based on information I found on the CDC website. They have kind of a cool little like COVID timeline. Okay. And I have to say that when I was looking at it, I was very surprised by some of the timeline, like not at all matching up with what in my head I would have thought. I'm really so excited got, about this, I whether
1: I, I <laughs> fail or nail <laughs> I mean, it. I just, I like timelines and I like chronology. So yeah. I have no ego here. I'm happy to be wrong, but I'm, I'm into it.
0: Okay. Well, and I have a feeling you're going to get about a 50%. That's my okay. guess, but okay. I could be wrong. Okay. So first question, and this is not timeline related, but this is just a little fun piece of trivia. I don't know that you'll remember this, but Do you remember the name of the symptom checker that was launched on the CDC website on March 16th, 2020? No, no idea. It was the Clara bot. What? No, I have no, no memory of that. So I didn't either. But then when I heard that, I was like, oh, I do remember that. Like as a passing thing, me thinking, oh, how funny it's named after, after my daughter. So, okay. Now we're getting into the timelines. Question one. On what date? Did the CDC formally recommend mask wearing outside the home? Was it A, March 20th, 2020, B, March 25th, 2020, C, April 3rd, 2020?
1: I'm going to go with April 3rd because I think it's later than we think. You are correct. Yes.
0: I was actually going to move. I was actually going to make that the choice B and then move the, like, have a later one, but (laughs) just got too complicated. Game
1: theory. You're trying to game theory the (laughs)
0: multiple choice. (laughs) Yes, I was. Okay. In which month was the first COVID-19 vaccine approved by the FDA for emergency use? And bonus points if you can tell me which one was the first. Okay. Here's your options. A. December 2020. B. January uh, 2021. C. February 2021.
1: Okay. Definitely think it's December 2020 because I know my nurse, my nurse bestie got hers before Christmas. So December 2020 and... Moderna is my guess.
0: Okay, so you were right about the timing. I should have remembered that you would know it was before Christmas. Ugh, yeah, I should go back and like rewrite all these questions. <laughs> um, but it was actually Pfizer. Okay. I Moderna like, do it a, was like a week later.
1: Okay. I, Oh, just a week later. Cause I'm trying. Yeah. I feel like Sarah got Moderna, and Sarah is my bestie who's a nurse in Wyoming. And I, I know her first vaccine was right before Christmas. So I knew it was December and maybe she got Moderna just because that was which, whichever one was available. And I didn't realize they were just a week apart.
0: Okay. Yeah, they weren't, it wasn't long and they were both in December. Okay. Okay. Last question. You're doing really well. On what date did the CDC once again, allow unmasked gatherings inside the home? Oh, was it March 8th, 2021? May 1st, 2021, or June 17th, 2021?
1: I think it was June 17th, 2021. Wrong. It was March 8th.
0: Wow. Right? In my mind, it happened much later than that. So California
1: felt like, one thing that bugged me about California is um, the reopening focused so much on business and commerce and economy, which of course I understand why. We needed to address things like gyms and hair salons and restaurants. But it was almost like they just forgot to update recommendations for social gathering. And my family had been so, so following the rules. Plus, we had no friends because we had moved. So we had literally been hanging out only with my parents for like a year and a half. And my kids were starting to like make friends and want play dates. And we were starting to really want to make friends. And I just felt like California or maybe my county, it's not that they said it was still illegal or, or whatever. It was almost they like said they, nothing. Just, they said nothing. And so we were yeah. left with these grandfathered emergency orders. And so I didn't remember about the CDC. I just know California was so late to address any kind of anything that wasn't essential to the economy. They just didn't say anything about it, it felt like. And again, my yeah. memory could be off there. So
0: No, I think it's accurate memory. And I, I had the same feeling in Michigan because we had such strict rules early on. But then our rules were just like all kind of loosened at once and like abandoned. So it was a little jarring because we were one of the holdouts, like um, everything from closures to, you know, in person and masking and everything else. Like it was pretty strict at for like the first year. Yeah. And then it's sort of like it all just disappeared. And we're like, what do we do now? Like so we can all hang again or mask or not. I don't know what to do. Yeah. So and with the variants, there's sometimes like suddenly signs will pop back up in stores and it'll say which I think is appropriate at this stage. Like when you're in the middle of a spike, the the signs go up and people say, you know, masks are appreciated. It's not necessarily the CDC said you had to, it's just that in our County, we know Mm -hmm. that this is happening right now. Um, But like the lack of clear, like a clear um, jurisdiction over who Mm -hmm. should be telling us what and who we should be listening to was very confusing. And I very clearly remember having a conversation with you Around this same time last year, I remember I was downtown in my little town. It was early spring, and I remember so this is us twenty twenty
1: one. Do you mean twenty twenty one? Okay, yep. a year in,
0: mm-hmm. just about a yeah, year in, and just about a year ago, like a little over a year ago, or maybe like just right around a year ago. You and I talking about this because you had been invited to something. Maybe I'm not sure if this is the same conversation, but I feel like it is. You had been invited to something, and you guys had been so careful all along. That you were like, I don't know, should we go? And then Brian was like, Well, that's not. Why? Why do it? Like, it was like a backyard hang or something. Mm-hmm. And you guys decided not to go because it was sort of like you just weren't clear.
1: Yeah, yet. and I think the vaccine was so close. That's another thing that kind of messed uh, with our brains. Yeah. Is like we got. I know we got our vaccines in April of 2021, and I think that's what it was. Is like Brian was saying, we've we've made it this long, and we you know we're we're believing in like the promise of vaccines. So why would we go to something like two weeks before we're right. fully vaccinated? I think that was maybe it. Yeah. Yeah. Familiar. Yeah. yeah.
0: I think you might be right. Well, oh, all right. Well, that, I mean, again, this is just bringing up so many things that like you did very well in that quiz, but still like that last one was really hard to remember because it's yeah. in that weird, muddy middle ground. And um, we know that people were doing
1: hangs and gatherings. Like it's kind of weird that we we're told like what to do socially and that we all that a lot of us complied but that's the way it was and then yeah. you know and and we know that some people just were making their own decisions not based on the the recommendations because they felt that was appropriate for them and who's going to come bust up your backyard <laughs> barbecue <laughs> right. like it's just right the whole right. thing is absurd no matter where you fell on that spectrum i can objectively say it it was absurd and looking back yes. it feels absurd that we were making social decisions based on public health guidelines, but that's what we were doing,
0: yeah, yeah, all right, well, along those lines, let's each share just a couple like maybe two or three moments that we remember I, I'm gonna say early in the pandemic, but honestly time during the like the first two years um that just like really sums up the cognitive just mm-hmm. you know challenges um the dissonance of dealing with that huge shift, just like what you just described like. We're, we're lining up like our critical thinking skills and our risk tolerance against new information that we don't know how to absorb and social pressure social and pressure, totally, and yes. all of those things. And we're just like, what even? So I have a few. Um, the first one was, and I so clearly remember this, the first time I went to the grocery store masked <laughs> and also paranoid. So not only am I masked, but I'm also just like, staying really far away from like literally any contact with anything anyone's touched. Um, I'm being very careful not to touch too many things. I I wiped my cart down super carefully. So then I go to buy produce and realized I had forgotten. I had just bought all those cool like little mesh produce bags, but I had forgotten them, which I was kicking myself about. Because I couldn't open the plastic produce bag without licking my finger. (laughs) Now... Probably it was always gross to lick your fingers in a public place. Like, I'm sure that was always (laughs) gross. But before the pandemic, I didn't know it was gross. I didn't even think about it. It just happened automatically. You know, that thin plastic, it doesn't want to come apart. And I stood there and stood there and stood there and was like, (laughs) what do I even do? I mean, I couldn't get it open. And usually I would just throw the produce in the cart and let it rattle around. But for whatever reason, it was something I really had to, it might have been meat. Like I had to get that bag open. So I ended up going over to the section of the produce that is like being sprayed all the time. Yeah. Uh, you know, like there's a little mm-hmm. shower yeah, yeah, yeah. and I ran my fingers under it, got them Bart. wet, then walked all the way back over and used that to open the plastic bag. And I remember thinking, like, if this doesn't work, I just have to leave because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I, can't, I can't do this. I am so... not prepared
1: to <laughs> grocery shop in this new environment. I am not prepared.
0: <laughs> so that was one. Now, the funny thing is now I sometimes lick my fingers again. It was always gross, but it works. And, you know, I I don't know. Up until 2020, it never got me sick to my knowledge. Um, okay. So another one that I remember is going like getting away on a little day trip, just like a half an hour away to go on a hike. And then realizing when I got there that like public restrooms, weren't a thing anywhere. Mm -hmm. You couldn't even go to like a McDonald's. I mean, nothing. And this was a little bit further in. I, I want to say some places were open to like walking in and picking up food. So like even a restaurant that might've been open to like walk in and get takeout or carry out their restrooms weren't open. Right. Right. Um, Water fountains, like public water fountains were all shut off. Mm -hmm. And I just remember being like, Oh, this is just not what, Oh, (laughs) like, I guess I knew that going in, but I didn't plan for it adequately. um, And ended up, I don't know, peeing behind a, building somewhere like not just like in the middle of a city or something but it was still (laughs) uncomfortable and then here's like for me the most quintessential moment um it was it was right around easter i think it was actually maybe i was getting stuff for the kids easter baskets Mm -hmm. because i feel like i had a good excuse to be in the home section of my big box store which is meyer like our local get all your stuff store Mm -hmm. and usually you just go to the food because like we weren't allowed to be shopping for pleasure then. Right. Like, there was, was not no socially it was essentials allowable. only. Yeah. Right. So but so in the store, it's like the groceries are all on the left and all the home stuff is on the right. And I went to the home side. That's where you would get things that you don't need. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, pleasure. Like pleasure items, right? And I made a beeline for the candle section. And I really wanted a candle for my house because it was spring. And I was in a new house. So I wanted a spring candle for my new house. I had just moved in in January and I wanted to smell the candles. And I remember looking around, this entire side of the store was empty. Nobody was over there. And I pulled my mask down and sniffed a candle and felt so guilty. (laughs) I felt so guilty. I walked out with a candle and a potted plant, which I didn't even slow down. Like I was walking past the potted plants, reached out my hand and snaked Plant mm-hmm. and put it in my cart, and then felt guilty about it because I and didn't know. wonder why
1: people are struggling with like the <laughs> like post traumatic. I mean, I'm sort of making light of it, but like that's a really good illustration of the the very abrupt rewiring that yeah that our brains had to do about risk and everything that you just described.
0: Yeah, well, and, and and it's like my common sense was telling me, but Megan, there's not even anyone within 50 yards of you. Right. Like you aren't hurting anybody. You're not even if you caught everywhere. Nobody would breathe. it. There's no one here. Like it was like I was shopping in a store after like a zombie apocalypse. There was no Mm -hmm. one there. I was like looting, but I was going to pay. And I still felt this grave sense of like just breaking the rules and how if anybody saw me, they would think I was a terrible person who didn't care about anybody else. But like, but I do. And I know it's actually not endangering anyone, but maybe it is. And I just don't know that it is. It was like a real mind job, let me tell you. So I look back and I just have a lot, like when I think about a lot of the vitriol and the really loaded conversations on social media and like the heated fights and things I saw, Mm -hmm. I, it makes so much sense because none of us knew what to do. We were all just kind of picking a lane and trying to make it sense. And then you just naturally cling to what you are doing. Right
1: as as right because if not what else do you have it's really hard and vulnerable to say I am doing this but I actually don't know if it's right or correct or working that's really hard so instead people cling harder to which
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah well okay go ahead you you name a couple of things
1: yeah so the two that came up so like one is a specific story and one is like a general behavior I noticed Um, I'll tell the story first and I want to say this is two weeks into shutdown. I could be wrong about that timing. It wasn't It wasn't two days and it wasn't like a month. So somewhere in there, we had not even done any takeout yet from local restaurants. And, and there was mixed messaging there because it was like, please support all your local restaurants, but then also wipe down all your plastic containers because what if COVID is like inside your pad Thai and like, can it be spread by food? We don't know. This is like in the early days yeah. of all this. So we decided, I'm going to say two weeks in, to get DoorDash with the kids and to use DoorDash. And we weren't big DoorDash users before COVID, but we like had the app and we'd done it a couple of times. And we chose, I feel like I've told this story before, but just nod along if you've all heard it. We chose BJ's, I think, which is like a chain restaurant that has a huge menu with everything on it. And we, the mistake was we made a huge deal of letting the kids order whatever they wanted because we had not, we'd been like eating pandemic shutdown food and cooking and stuff for two weeks. And we weren't going to be going out to restaurants anytime soon, like for like a year. So we got very excited and we ordered the DoorDash and spent way too much money. And we were watching it on the app and it was like, your order has been received. Great. And then we're just watching it. And it was like, it it shows you where your order is but it or it tells you when your driver has picked up the order and that mm. just never happened. So like BJ's has approved your DoorDash order. Great. And then like minutes and half hours and hours went by and we just kept waiting and we tried to call <laughs> no one answers the phone, right? It's like it, these are apocalyptic times and so there's no way to communicate between the DoorDash app and the restaurant. We did finally call the restaurant and get someone to answer the phone, but it had been over an hour, I think. And they're like, yeah, we made that food and it was here, but no one ever came to get it. And the kids just, everyone cried. Like the kids just, I mean, they were whatever they were eight, 10, 12, seven, no, seven, yeah. nine, 11, I guess at this point. And they just wept. And it was just, it was the buildup of some small piece of joy and excitement that we thought we were going to be able to give to our kids after two really. You know, I, it was difficult weeks. We didn't have personal loss and we didn't have a, a, anyone pass away of COVID or anything. But two weeks that had been like, I guess, a hard a version of hard for our family. And it was like trying to reward everyone with like takeout burgers and it failed miserably. And literally everyone was in tears. So that just is a reminder of like kind of the uh, un- the small unpredictabilities, the small disappointments and like right. thinking, OK, well, how like. How can we get takeout? Clearly we didn't know what we were doing. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing I remember, I was just remembering this as we were prepping this is I had a very tight knit neighbor community. I'm going to talk about that in the second half of the show a little bit more, but um, we were, we would always borrow from each other. Does anybody have any of this? Can I borrow this? Like it was constant. Right. And it continued in the pandemic. But what I'm remembering is how extreme we were about like porch drop offs. So first of all, No one was showing their face at the door. You weren't even like in my neighborhood, we were not even opening the door to like say thank you. So you would like if someone needed to borrow, I don't know, whatever, a cup of sugar, probably we wouldn't have done that because it was food related, but something. Um, you would wipe it down. You would go drop it off on your neighbor's porch, text them that it was there. And then they would probably leave it there for like a day or wipe <laughs> it down with Clorox wipes. Like it was like we, it was, everything was hazmat in those days. And it's just an interesting reminder that uh, what we came to understand later about seeing, you know, having conversations outdoors and that surfaces are probably not as dangerous as we thought they were, but we were dropping things off for each other in like these very like hazmat style um and and that just became normal it became yeah. the normal way that my neighbors and i communicated very quickly and i look back and think wow that was that was just what we did but it it is it's different from what we know now
0: well and do you remember like people going into these um like it, to like great extremes to find things to drop at other people's houses. I think just so they could feel like they were doing something for people. Mm, but yeah. there was really no reason like people had to drop like wine off at my house or like food off. But, but like everyone was looking for a connection. Like yeah. everyone was looking for something they could do for themselves or for others, even though maybe the people didn't need whatever the thing was. And yeah. I think it was just a way to keep us all connected and busy and feel like we were doing like yeah. just those little points of you know those little touch points um yeah. I remember a lot being receiving and a lot of um giving a lot of drop offs yeah. and kind of like you like you'd run up to the door and drop it and then run to your car yeah and then think if I get pulled over would would that be something that <laughs> like no one's getting pulled Am over I for this trouble? but you still had that feeling like would I be yeah. in trouble yeah all right well let's talk about happy or positive memories of those days because I know we have those too. so Sarah yeah. what you got
1: Just a little laundry list here. Um, Brian and Violet built an entire wooden playhouse in our very tiny backyard. We had a tiny little patio backyard in Orange County, so we didn't have a lot of space. And Brian went to Home Depot, which similar to your Meyer, I remember feeling like kind of judgy and embarrassed that he had decided to go to Home Depot for a non-essential like load of lumber. And they built an entire wooden playhouse from his own design in the backyard, which that is, that would never have happened is a really sweet memory. The pictures and video are so cute. Um, every night I made everybody sit around and keep a journal where we did, um, there's different versions of this, but we call it Rose thorn bud. So Rose is a good thing that happened that day. A thorn is a hard thing that happened that day. And a bud is something you're looking forward to either the next day or just in the future. And we did a rose thorn bud journal separately, individually, all five of us, every single night, and then watched the Amazing Race for probably, I think, ninety days. I think those journals went for like ninety days. That's around the timing wow. that we moved. Um, squirrel watching was a big uh, part of our <laughs> <laughs> your and my Shared joy together. Yes. But I, I have very happy memories of like really funny squirrel antics and getting video. Uh, Allegra's birthday is at the end of April. So that would have been about six weeks in, um, but really things were still, it wasn't until May that like that first opening up happened. So we were really still in it at the end of April and Brian was not working very much. I was actually working more than he was. And he put together an entire day cause our family loves the show survivor. And he put together an entire day of survivor themed challenges and, I mean, it was elaborate and just that's a just a happy memory thinking that we had the we had nothing else going on. So the five of us did ridiculous challenges throughout the day on Allegra's birthday. And uh, yeah, when I think about the going back and looking at the photos and the videos of all these things, the playhouse, the survivor birthday party, it makes me I feel traumatized or triggered is not the right word. It's more like I feel like cringy almost like it's really hard. It is hard for me to think about the intensity of that at home time. And yet it's not altogether bad. Like I said, we were very thankfully spared what a lot of families weren't. We didn't have anybody lose a job and we didn't have anybody seriously ill or, you know, or pass away. So it's not exactly triggering, but it's not exactly comfortable either for me to think of those happy, the happy memories are there, but they feel squiggly
0: inside me. Hmm. Yeah. You know, when I'm thinking back Well, first of all, I think where there's so much shared experience, like I think that like the cool thing about squirrels, for example, is Mm -hmm. that that was such a common shared experience from those times. Um, but I, I really had a very nice couple of months and I, I think what I loved about that time was the ability to kind of shut the outside world off, which can be very noisy in my life in a way that I haven't really allowed it to re become, I suppose. But, um. I went on long walks like every day. It was sunny. I remember it being a very nice spring, a very temperate spring. Maybe my memory of that is incorrect, but that's how Mm -hmm. I remember it. I was kind of crushing on Eric, early crushing on Eric. So like, I remember that being like, I don't know. I'd listen to, you know, music that was like crushy kind of music and Mm -hmm. walk and listen to podcasts. I I remember some of the podcasts I listened to. I can remember that feeling of like the sun, the hat I was wearing, like the route I took, all that stuff. Um, And just feeling like I had the time to be walking for an hour and a half every day. Like that's, you know, I don't have that that much Mm -hmm. anymore. And then I'd come home and I'd make pancakes for my kids. Um, Or sometimes I do the pancakes first and then go on the walk, depending on the weather. Uh, I started seeds. I like had a garden. I fed birds. Like I was very regimented in my schedule, my bird and squirrel feeding schedule. (laughs) It was like every day I would get up and make sure they were fed and like, it was like I had this little simple routine and it stripped everything else away. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was something about that that felt very homey and happy to me and like needed like that, like little quiet and respite. It was really when I started thinking about like the outside world and how the outside world was handling everything and how people weren't getting along, that the stress would come in for me. But mm-hmm. as long as I could kind of block that out, I was quite happy, actually. Yeah. So yeah. It's yeah, but I understand that squiggly feeling because you also know that while nice and good things were maybe happening in your home, there was so much going swirling around yeah. that was fear and suffering. Yes. And, you know, and that's hard to know is out there without absorbing it. So, yeah, absolutely. yeah it was a lot. This episode is sponsored by Olive in June. And Sarah, I am just so grateful that I have mastered the art of doing my nails at home. When I look down at my cute manicure, I feel a little more pulled together, no matter how crazy life is at the moment. Thankfully, Olive and June's Manny system makes it so easy and affordable to make Manny time a regular part of my weekly routine.
1: Well, I know the feeling, Megan, and I think it's so fun that with Olive and June, you get to customize your Manny system with your choice of six polishes, plus their top coat is included. So Katie on our team says that she has lately been layering some of their iridescent colors over their gel-like polishes, and the final result looks super shimmery and pretty. I might have to try that this spring.
0: Yeah, and Olive and June press-ons are another cool option. They look so real, and I think it would be a great way to test out another nail shape. A long almond shape is popular right now, and I'm kind of curious what that would look like on me.
1: Okay, well, keep me posted on that one. Listeners, visit oliveandjune.com slash hour for 20% off your first Manny system. That's O-L-I-V-E-A-N-D-J-U-N-E dot com slash T-H-E-M-O-M-H-O-U-R for 20% off your first Manny system.
0: Okay, Sarah. So let's talk about some ways things changed and some ways things stay the same. Um, Tell me about maybe a change or two in your personal life that may have been not even directly due to the pandemic, but was affected by the pandemic or the pandemic affected your life and made this change.
1: Yeah. Um, So I'm not going to talk about the fact that my family and I moved unless if this is your very first time meeting us, hello. I've talked about it a lot. Uh, My family decided to move in part because of the pandemic, we made the decision in May of 2020 and we moved by early July. It was very fast. So from July 2020 on, I was living back in my hometown. And I'm not going to talk about that. But instead, um I think what came up and this is so interesting, is uh, the my I'm gonna call it 40 year old lady healthcare um like project. I turned 40 a month before the shutdown in February. And so I had in typical Sarah just good grand plans to start doing mammograms, to get my eyes checked, to start doing regular dermatology checks. I haven't had skin issues in the past, so I hadn't been doing like dermatologist stuff. And I just had a little list of those kinds of appointments that I either had made or needed to make. And what was funny about the timing is a couple of those things already had happened before the shutdown. A couple of them I had appointed, but they hadn't occurred yet. And then a couple were still lingering out there. And what's funny is we're two years later, and I still feel like I'm kind of being affected by the way healthcare was disrupted. And mm. this is, I mean, I'm very fortunate to be healthy and these are all preventative screening. So I have a ton of empathy for people who had, you know, maybe you had a surgery that was delayed or like an actual healthcare thing that was impacted. I think what feels affected for me is it was like, I was so on top of it and then I was so not, and then it, and then I moved and that took a while to get back in. So I that will take even some more time to get into a regular routine. I finally got my first mammogram, I think, in October of 2020. And then I flat out forgot to make the next one because I was like, well, I got that over with. Oh, that's done. Oh, wait, yeah. it's been another year. So anyway, right. just a small example. I, I do feel like I'm I'm still not on a regular routine because of so many appointments getting so canceled and then rescheduled. And I know you just went through a lot of this, too. Um, and then with the move, new providers, et cetera, et cetera. So,
0: you know, I, I'm like in a place now. So we talked about this on a recent episode where I made a bunch of screening and wellness appointments and I went through all of those and now I'm Mm -hmm. on like round two. Now it's like, (laughs) we're all going to the dentist and just catching up on stuff that we really, you know, didn't do or didn't, didn't consistently do like somebody would go in, but not everybody. So where I would have had everyone kind of on roughly the same schedule so for a while, you would only get the person in who needed it the most. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, oh, yeah, of course, all the kids have been to the dentist. I'm like, well, wait, did they all go? Or was it just one of them? I don't no, even everybody remember. Everybody needs so, it no matter
1: what, no matter how, right, like, exactly, you know, low, low emergent it was. Yeah. Everybody needs it. Yeah.
0: Right. And so I I think that I one thing I noticed when I was going to all these different appointments is how jokey like the medical staff was about it, because I'd yeah. be like, you know, for example, I had my first mammogram. I really should have had one a long time ago. And I didn't for multiple reasons. And then was going to right when the world shut down. Um, So I went and, you know, and the woman said, oh, this is your first mammogram. I would have thought you would have a few by now. And I was like, yeah, well, <laughs> she's like, I know. Or well, it's something else. Like someone asked me when the last time I was I had gotten a blood screening. I'm like, I don't know. Probably 2019. She's like, yeah. So yep. they had a good sense of humor about it, which made me feel less sheepish because yeah this is obviously causing like the ripple effect that you're feeling in your life on this micro level think yeah. about how that's playing out in public health on a mm-hmm. macro level right now the yeah. the delayed screenings and um like chronic conditions really yeah. being managed i mean yeah. it's it's a big deal
1: yeah,
0: um i would say for me you know obviously i just moved to a completely different town i'm living in the country now which wouldn't have happened without the relationship that i'm in which kind of was I would say pandemic influenced, or at least the way it played out, was very pandemic influenced, and it's hard to say whether we would have been on a faster train or maybe not even started dating if, mm-hmm. if we hadn't been for that. So that's you know created a huge ripple effect in my life, and because of all that, now I just don't really go out anymore, and somehow my bedtime is nine. Is it because <laughs> you know, is it because I got a boyfriend and stopped going out, or is it because I couldn't go out and't I, I never got around to going? getting back to it. You know, I don't know yeah. the answer. Um it's hard I think sometimes to pin those changes on any one thing, yeah. but that's definitely one. Yeah. Um okay, so what is something from your old life that you were pretty able like you were able to pretty easily get back to um or you could see yourself getting back to in the future. And for me dining out was probably that. Like it was really easy for me to jump back into going out to eat as soon as we could and even when it was weird with like you know, masks or not or um, outside, inside, outside, yeah. inside or like limitations on capacity. I just don't remember ever feeling weird about it. Like, I felt like I would just follow whatever the rule was. And then it was cool. I didn't, you know, and if I couldn't like if if the rule was you can't come in here, <laughs> then yeah. it was off the table. And if the yeah. rule was you have to sit outside, I put a coat and a hat on and I sat outside. It was just to me, it wasn't hard. I will say, though. That there were a few restaurants that just closed entirely, so I'll never go back to them. Mm. There's a lot of others that just fell off of my routine, and I just really haven't gone back, or maybe I've been back once, um, and I just eat out a lot less. So, again, it's hard to say would that would those changes have happened eventually anyway, but it happened much more abruptly than I yeah. think it would have. Been.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, for me, the thing that I came back to in almost the same like same shape as in the before times is Trader Joe's, which is so funny because first of all, we moved, I have a new Trader Joe's in a different town, um, but it was such a regular part of my routine and, and really like even my community feel, cause it is such a community experience to go to Trader Joe's and as drastically as the pandemic changed groceries and the industry And there was online um, delivery and pickups and drive through. And I sent Brian for a while. Um, I didn't even go to the store. That was kind of his role in the early shutdown days. So it's something that changed very drastically during the intensity of the pandemic, which is why it's even funnier to me that as a return element, it's almost identical to the before times, just in terms of like. I don't know how I go, the items that I buy, how I feel when I'm in the store. Um, We were still wearing masks in stores up until, oh my gosh, I'm losing track, but like a month ago, late February 2022. And I will often still pop my mask on right now when I go into a crowded grocery store just because it feels like, I I don't know, it's kind of habit. A lot of people here are still wearing masks in the grocery store, even if it's not required. Here too, here too. Aside from masks, the way that I do my Trader Joe's shopping weekly is has returned full circle to pretty much exactly as it was before, aside from the masks yeah. with huge departures, like in, you know, huge swings in uh, in between there. I would say by the time we moved to Santa Barbara and got settled here, I was back on the Trader Joe's train. So maybe three months into the pandemic and, of course, very masked at that point. But the, we never went back to grocery pickup or delivery. We went right back to our
0: normal. You know, it's so interesting um, because hearing you talk about them, I think the masks are a really great example of how much more adaptable and fluid we've learned how to be around things over the past couple of years as opposed to the beginning. So Mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking about me shopping in Meijer with my mask rigidly attached to my face, afraid to touch it so that I could like move it so that I could smell a candle, like just being like, like a robot, basically like a rule robot. I don't even know why I'm doing this. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Till so like two years later in Michigan, we were pretty strict about masks and stuff too up until about a year ago. Then the, the rules kind of dropped off and it became very independent. Like um, counties would give yeah. specific guidance or like you could feel the vibe in certain communities that people would just be masking up more at certain times. So it was very much like in the air. And I think people got really good at just like having it when it made sense and not when it didn't. And like, I would pop into a store and be like, okay, a lot of people, I know there's a spike going on. I'm going to wear my mask. And then sometimes I go in a store and it's literally me and there's nobody else in there. Yeah. And the cashier's behind glass. And I'm like, yeah. okay, well maybe I'll put it on when I come up to check out, or maybe I'll use a self checkout. Yeah. In which case I feel fine freely walking through the store um, without it. And I think we got better at making those judgment calls in the moment over time. Whereas yeah. in the beginning we were terrible at that. Yes. <laughs> like, It was not a skill we possessed in 2020. Let's just put it that way. No, no, it was (laughs) not.
1: We had never had to do anything like this. No, we never.
0: No, exactly. Well, what's something from your old life that will still be there in the future um, or maybe is starting to come back, but it's going to look different?
1: Yeah, the thing that came up for me is school my my role in school volunteering especially at the elementary school level so I I mean longtime listeners know I was practically running our elementary school library. I was doing quite a few hours a week and I loved it. So I had a very active on campus role in the elementary school. Of course all that goes away and here in California and in my county parents on campus was very slow to return um they're starting to do it in in certain capacities in the last few months um but also my kids are 2 years older so reed is in 6th grade this year and he's exiting elementary school and then i will just have violet at the elementary school and anyone with you know i would say more than 2 kids knows that like when the last one is in a stage of life that you've already been in for 10 years your enthusiasm starts to wane a little bit so like for me even as opportunities to be involved in school come back. I think it will look very different. I don't have the same desire. We're in a different community and I haven't been there since my oldest was in kindergarten. I'm not connected. It's actually the elementary school I went to, so I am I am weirdly connected at a personal level, but I'm not connected at the community level right now and I'll only have one kid left there. So, um being involved at school is something that I want to return to my life and that I get value out of, but it will look very different. It might be at yeah. the middle school level. It might just, it might take a totally different shape or form, but yeah. Hmm.
0: How about you? Yeah. I can totally see that. Um, live performance was the, the, way they came to mind for me, I would like to get back to some kind of live performance at some point. I don't think it's going to be performing in theatrical productions, at least not anytime soon. Um, and, you know, honestly, it's hard to know if I would have gone in that direction anyway or if I would, because the last show that I did, and so for people who are newer or don't know yeah, this Yeah, you're talking me, about when, actually yeah,
1: performing, not performing, just like attending. Me yeah.
0: performing, yes, me performing in theater. And I did that when I was young and then I had kids and didn't do it for like over a decade. Um, and then when my little kids were starting to get bigger, I got back into it and I think I did an average of like three shows a year for, I want to say like a three or four year period from like yeah. maybe... 2014 to 2018. I did a lot. Uh and then 2018 was the last show I did and I kept thinking I was going to do another and and then there wasn't any for 2 years. And now it's been so long like now the theaters are opening back up, they're doing live performances again, and I just don't see that fitting into the life that I now have created and have mm-hmm. and um and I'm like really okay with that and I guess that's another example of like n- how easy it is for me to conflate changes that would have happened anyway with changes that were COVID specific yes. or that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't been for COVID. And like, how might that have played out? Would I still be like, Oh, I'm kind of over that stage. Or maybe I'll do it again when my kids are all in college or something. It's, I don't know. It's been two years after all. So like your life would have changed regardless yes. in two mm-hmm. years. Um, everybody who's listening, their kids are two years older yeah. and they would, no matter what, they would still be two years older. So it's like, how do we know? We don't know. Yeah. I think that's the tricky part. We just don't know what paths we would have gone down. Or what um, else would yeah. have
1: ensued? Because um, right. this has been a very collective experience in a lot of ways. But major shifts happen. I mean, job changes, moves, divorce, uh, You know, opportunity, tragedy. In a two-year time period, a lot of families would have gone through some big thing anyway. Um, but because it's collective. We we almost make the default assumption that all all roads trace back to the pandemic. Yeah, COVID makes do it. Exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, last question, Sarah. Um, and this one I, you know, I'm putting a happy spin on this one. And we could put a, a happy or unhappy spin on it. But what's something? It could be a place or a feeling or a habit from your old life. That's probably gone for good. And this one kind of made me laugh when I wrote it. Cause it sounds awful. Um, but I said, closing down the bars, um, <laughs> and talking to strangers. So I used to love like in my single days, I would with usually with a female friend, I would go to our local kind of like divy bar and usually stay until maybe not all the way till last call. um, But sometimes to like one and often to last call, depending on who I was with. Um, And I loved like talking to random strangers like that was a very fun thing for me to do. Yeah, you're good at at it. Yeah, I'm good at it. And I and I enjoyed it because it was like a good outlet and I would never have to see those people again. And I wasn't like attracted to or interested in the people that I was talking to. It was like literally just anybody. I would just talk to anybody. And then at the end of the night, uh, they were my best friends for like 20 out, you know, 20 minutes and maybe two hours. And then I would go home and like never think about them again. But after a while, when you do that, you start to kind of run into those people out in the wild, like in different environments. And then it's kind of like a fun shared thing. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember you and remember how we were talking. And then you don't know their name and like you go about your life. So that was a really fun short phase. Um, I don't like to stay up past 11 anymore. And that's pushing it. So I just don't see a day. anytime, unless it's like a really fluky thing and it happens like once every five years or something that like closing down a bar is going to be a thing for me anymore. And that's a ha- That's fine. I am over mm-hmm. that. I don't need to do that anymore. It was fun, but like it started to get old anyway. Like even when I was doing it, it was starting to, you know, back when that was a thing, it was starting to get old. So that's a happy one. The talking to like wanting to talk to strangers thing. I don't know that I really want to do that anymore. And that's a little bit less positive. Like maybe. Yeah. Like, what would be the environment right now where there'd be random strangers around that I would talk to, I guess, on the Internet? I just it's not I don't yeah. find myself in situations where I'm around people I don't know in the same way anymore. Yeah. And that's um, and that's so I've gotten not as good at it.
1: Yeah. It's and just, maybe we you know. missed our we missed our real people, our real friends and family and had so much catching up to do with hanging out in person that it's like. I don't have yeah, time to I, talk to strangers. Uh, like I haven't seen right. these friends in a year or whatever. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, yeah, I had one come up that's probably a, a positive and the other is a little sad. But the first thing that came to mind is I had a very like a traditional gym membership for most of my adult life until COVID, meaning like a place where you could go and take a fitness class or work out on your own that had a locker room and a pool. And we had a really nice um, large fitness center type membership place in orange County. And, um, that shut down of course, right away. And then we moved and I don't think there's a world in which I go to the gym like that. It, I mean forever. I just don't, I've never really enjoyed fitness like that at a gym. Um, and the town I live in now doesn't have those types of, I'm talking about like, like lifetime fitness or a gold yeah. gym or whatever. We don't really have them Nearly as much here in Santa Barbara, but what we do have is yoga studios or we have um fitness opportunities through hiking through mm-hmm. like there's there's ways to be active. It seems much more niche here in Santa Barbara, and that seems like a better fit for me anyway, so I don't know that I will ever just like have a gym membership card in my wallet anymore, and I am okay with that because I don't think it was really ever for me It, it gave was me never some, really
0: your thing no, yeah.
1: it gave me some good childcare options and like of course, uh, like an opportunity to move my body and it was good for our family, but I, I don't think
0: that's for me. Um, it's not your, the, it's not your hang. It's not like your. No, I don't want to say not your people. It's just not your scene. It's not,
1: it's not my scene. And I don't yeah. like that kind of fitness enough to pay for right. it. Um, yep. and even Brian who is more into traditional fitness has is in more of like, it's not an orange theory and it's not CrossFit, but it's more of a smaller Boutique-y, like, like community yeah. focused gym than like a traditional gym. Um, yep. but I don't, yeah. And then the one that made me a little sad back to the, back to the neighbors is I just, it's not that I took it for granted, but I don't think I will ever be able to replicate the type of spontaneous stand around in the driveway. Someone opens a bottle of wine or orders a pizza for the kids. Cause everybody's still playing. I just, I had that in a very magical way in our old neighborhood in Orange County. Houses super close together, a whole bunch of families. Um, and where I live now is just different. It's more rural. There's, It's not as many families. The houses are more spread out and more mixed, just like a mixed neighborhood of people doing their own thing. Um, and I don't, again, I don't see that spontaneously coming back. I love my house and I love where I live. That was a net win for us. But that is sad because that ended so abruptly and was such a huge part of
0: our yeah, lives. And then you just moved.
1: And then I so just like left. So those neighbors yeah. are still, to be clear, if I had not moved, that would not be gone for good. Those neighbors are absolutely still hanging out with each other. And maybe every once not, in a while, Sarah, maybe you ruined it. I love you. <laughs> no, every it. once in a while, I'll get, I'll accidentally be included on a group text. This happened for like a year after we left where someone went back to an old thread and I was on it and it be like does anyone like does anyone have a such and such to borrow and I'm like
0: oh still going it's just I'm Aww. not there
1: so yeah so yeah
0: well this has been like fun and cathartic and I don't know like it just like the the just like the pandemic art <laughs> um but I th- I think it's important to look back and just try to like get perspective about what actually happened versus sometimes what we like our muscle memory thinks happened or our lizard brains think happened yes. or something and, and, and be real about it. And that's our version of real, which may or may not align with anybody else's version of real.
1: I agree. And I, I do think that in a real way, we're going to be processing this when I, when we put together that pandemic baby series and um, we were listening to those stories, it just reminded me like we're going to be processing this and living through the the results of it or like the, I don't know, the ripple effect, I guess, for so, so long that I actually do think it's really valuable to have these conversations um, and to frame our memories against reality. But they're still our memories. They're still like we are still processing what happened two years ago and one year ago and right now. So I do think it's an important conversation and hopefully we kept it kind of kind of light for the for the hard squiggly feelings it brings up. Um, Well, coming up on Tuesday, we're right in between these two episodes, Megan, where we're going year by year through childhood, really like ages two to 17 in total. So this past week, you heard us talk about ages two through eight. And then coming up on Tuesday, you'll hear us continue um, right up through the teen years, which was a really fun conversation to have because you are still you're still schooling me in that area. Um, And then that leads into Friday where you have good old Reliable William on the podcast.
0: Yep. So check back then. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment. And it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life.
1: Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack. And I actually just really like Substack in general.
0: You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if mom hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at MeganFrancis.substack.com and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N Francis.substack.com. The mom hour is brought to
1: you by partners like chatbooks.